Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Minister Micah. Take your Bibles, remain standing, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 5. And uh, go to verse 15. No notes for you today, but I hope that you would take them. Luke 5. Let's go verse 17. No. Verse 15. However, a report went around concerning him all the more. And a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to read that last verse. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Say it again with all your heart. Meditate on it. Get it deep down in your spirit because I'm going to preach on it. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Father, tonight... We've had amazing service already. You've touched people. You've healed people. God, you've done so much already. We give you all the, cre- all the credit and all the praise. I pray now, Lord, in the moments that remain tonight, that you would anoint these lips of clay, giving me the ability to communicate that which you have impressed upon my heart. I pray that every assignment of infirmity, disease, any crippling assignment of depression, anxiety, and fear, All addiction and any other manifestation of evil that's afflicting your people would be broken off tonight. And all those that listen, even at a later date, that lives would be transformed by the power of the Lord. So move in great power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is a wonderful passage of Scripture. We can read on and how... This man was brought on a bed. It was paralyzed there in verse 18. They sought to bring him and lay him before him, but they, they could not find any way to bring him in because of the crowd. In other words, the house is so full of people. No social distancing there. So full of people that they couldn't even get into the house. They, they, can you imagine me like, no, there's no more room. I remember uh, years ago, I lived in Manhattan. And uh, while living in Manhattan, at rush hour, the subways are quite an experience. All of the platforms are, I mean, it's a little unnerving if you've never, if you've never been in Manhattan at rush hour and had that as a part of your lifestyle, go, going to work and coming back from work and, and going to the subway system because there's so many people and there's this yellow line. Like, I, I always just like standing near a column just in case some psychopath wants to try to shove me off the platform. But it, it's shoulder to shoulder. I mean, it can be packed out, especially in Midtown. And when these trains come through, the, the doors would open, and it's like 
I mean, you have to be like a Tetrix star to get your body in there. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, how are you going to fit your frame actually in there? I mean, the door's open. People are already like, they're right there, packed. All the people pressed against the windows, all the seats taken, everybody's standing, every car. And so we learned some different ways of, of getting on the, on the car, inside the car. And I'll, I'll teach this to you. If you're getting on a subway uh, in any major city and it's like that, you just reach your hand. This is one method. Reach your hand inside the door. So there's people right there. You say, hi, excuse me. So sorry. And you reach your hand inside the door, and then you literally push yourself in. And the doors close, and you just sit there. Thanks. <laughs> That's amazing. The other thing we used to do is uh, we would look both ways, and we would jump between the cars and ride between the cars, which is for advanced subway riders only. You could also get arrested. So, that's the way it was. They, they can't get into the house because Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords is there. They cannot get in. I mean, they want healing. They want to witness it. They want to experience God's power, His presence. They want to see Jesus of Nazareth is there. The healer is there. The Messiah is there. He can heal you of all your diseases and your infirmity. He can touch you. Oh, I heard about what he did. Oh, I heard about how he gave the blind man sight and how he caused the leper to be cleansed and how the lame walk and how the mute speak. Oh, I want to go. And so here's this guy. He's a paralytic. He's paralyzed on a mat. And there's, if you read the text, there's these four crazy friends. I'm so thankful. I've got some friends like this. Everybody needs four crazy people like this in their life. Who will have faith to drag you to a meeting. I don't, it doesn't matter what the doctor said. Come on, come on, come on, come. You know, I think, I think it, was, it was either today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday was the anniversary of a meeting with Amy Simple McPherson where they had an outbreak of influenza and you weren't allowed to be in public. But she came and I'd have to go look where it was. Amy Simple McPherson, she's a, she was the founder of the Four Square Church. And she had these meetings and the government so honored the power of God, the word of God and the healing anointing that was upon her life that they gave her a variance. I think it was for four days and anybody could come because anybody that came got healed. Everybody got healed. How many of you know some? Listen, you got to feed on revival history. Man, I just might tee off on some stuff. I got to behave myself. Maybe, maybe not. I come over here. You don't behave yourself. I'm going to rub off on you. You're going to rub off on me. Give me, come on, Jesus. Come on. I just look at my wife. It'll help me. She helps me behave. Oh, you're hiding. That might be good. Then I'll just go off. What happened? What happened? I'm so glad I didn't give you notes. What happened to the church? A church that comes to a city, a revivalist comes to a city, and they cancel, they cancel the social distancing to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and everybody gets healed. What in God's name happened to the church? Lift your hands and just say, God help us. <laughs> Look over at Pastor Gill and Rosie and it'll get worse. I'm just 
preach ourselves into a frenzy. The truth is we need the power of God in the church again. And I'm grateful for what God does here. I'm also mindful it might be the Nazareth level. What do you mean by that? Well, you just go read. Jesus did a few miracles in Nazareth, but he wasn't really received. We have such a battle, such a battle against secular humanism, such a battle against science. There's good science and bad science, and honestly, anything that doesn't line up with God's words, bad science. God's, God's outside of science. He's outside the scientific method. He's bigger than the scientific method. He's bigger than a bubonic plague. He's bigger than COVID-19. He's bigger than cancer. He's bigger than every disease and every infirmity. He's bigger than alcoholism. He's bigger than, ow! He's bigger than meth. He's bigger than any problem you will ever face. He's bigger than legs that don't work. He's bigger than, than a, the fact that you can't speak or can't hear. He speaks to deaf spirits and, and the ears open. He speaks to the mute tongue and he looses the tongue and people speak. I believe my Bible. I believe what my word says. I'm just fired up. I came out of meetings where the fire of God was hitting that place. My God, we need a revival in America. That is the answer to the woes of every challenge you're going through. We need revival. We need revival. We need an awakening. We need a stirring. We need a mighty wave of the fire of the Holy Ghost. men and women who are not been neutered and scared and terrified and shoved in a box afraid to lose people that tithe. I don't really give a flip. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to declare healing, signs, wonders, miracles. My God. You know what happened? You can be seated. I was locked in my house for like three weeks. If you're offended, give us two more shots. I want to talk tonight and preach to you about the power of the presence of the Lord. There's something about the presence of God, the power of his presence, the power of the Lord. You can look at different versions and how it talks about that main verse right there, 17b, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want you to say that. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Another version says to the power of his presence was there to heal them. The idea is that the manifest presence of God was in that house and in those meetings. And really the way it's talking here, it's, it's people went around, verse 15, they're following him. They're hearing about miracles. And people are following him around. People, listen, people go where there's power, healing, and deliverance. I mean, people go for ear tickling too, but that's not going to last, and it doesn't work. People will go where the power of God is put on display. And I heard all these, you know, these uh, church planting techniques. They're amazing. There's one thing that was not emphasized, which is actually how, how we do church plant. 
We could use some more of the processes. We have crazy faith like these four guys that cut a hole in the roof and lowered that boy. That's, that's who we are at Kings. Well, I don't know. I'm going to pray in tongues and jump off the cliff. He's going to catch me. I mean, that's the kind of how we roll. I don't know. Shakata, woo! Jesus! The power of the Lord. And we started this series on healing, our forgotten birthright. And healing and salvation are purchased at the cross, are purchased in the blood, really. Starts at the, where Jesus was whipped, he's still alive, it's before the cross. The blood of Jesus that cleansed your sin and healed your body and mine began to be shed. And I don't like the word spilled. I, it repulses me because you spill milk. His blood wasn't spilled. He let, it, he, let it, he let it go. He shed his blood. And as redemption, please listen to me, as redemption played out in the earth, it began in the Garden of Eden as he was interceding, as Drops of blood fell from him and angels came to assist him. If healing is in the blood, if salvation is in the blood, the, the sinless blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth was shed first in prayer and intercession, which is where everything should be birthed, which is where every breakthrough comes. And so as he's interceding, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, let your will be done. He, he began to sweat blood. And so that's the beginning of the blood, but it didn't stop there. 39 lashes by his stripes, you are healed. And then when he's on the cross, a crown of thorns for your mental anguish and torment. And, and as he died on that cruel Roman cross and he was pierced through with blood and water pouring out, as he died six hours on a cross one Friday, that purchased your salvation and it purchased your healing. In actual fact, it purchased sozo. The, the word salvation, all of that is healing, it's redemption, it's, it's, the, it's, it's everything saved. It's a holistic word, really. All of you being saved. The New Agers stole holistic. It really is first from the Lord. Sozo is everything healed. Amazing. And so we're talking about the fact that healing has been forgotten by so many. And I've found that when you contend, when you press, you believe, you read God's word and you feed on stories like Amy Simple McPherson. You feed on stories like in, in the book of F.F. F. Bosworth. You feed on stories like John Cartwright, a circuit riding preacher. You feed on stories about how God showed up and healed them and raised the dead and did miracles and Smith Wigglesworth and, and on and on and on. John G. Lake and on and on and on. Where are those people? Where are they? I'd like to think I would stand among that great cloud of witnesses when it's done. And so oftentimes we're beleaguered and we're, we're pressed. We're like in this malaise of confusion. You have power and authority as a child of God to rebuke sickness, rebuke it. Well, it didn't work the last time I did it. Well, maybe you didn't have faith. Then again, maybe you had to press a little harder. Come on, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. We know that sickness, infirmity, disease, COVID-19 is from the very pit of hell. The dragon. Turn to Deuteronomy 29. See, the power, the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord in the Old Testament, you'll notice what happened. 
And I'll just give you a few scriptures and we'll get on to the main text here. But I feel the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Deuteronomy 29.5. During the 40 years that I led you through the desert, your clothes did not wear out. Well, why is that? Why didn't their clothes wear out? Nor did the sandals on your feet. Why is it that Caleb and Joshua, if I could read it to you, Joshua 14, 11, I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as, I'm, I'm, this is going to be said of me right here because this is what I'm going to do when I'm 80. I'm going to be like, you're going to have to try to, you'll have to steal the mic out of my hand. I ain't shutting up. Oh, I'm going to raise up a whole bunch of other people, but when it's my turn, I'm going to turn it loose at 80. <laughs> you want to be old and sit at home and not me. Why is it that Caleb was just as strong as he was 40 years later? Because the presence of God brings a revitalization, brings life. You'll notice when the, when the rod of Aaron is placed inside the God box, is placed inside the Ark of the Covenant, what happens to the rod of Aaron? It budded. And it budded almonds, which is one of the first things it buds. It's, it's, it's really a beautiful picture, and it's how Aaron was selected. But it's also a picture where the, where the power of God is, there's life. Come on, you, you look at the book of Revelation, all around the river there's life. Trees for healing of the nations. The power and the presence of God is absolutely mandatory in your marriage. It's mandatory in your home. It's mandatory in your car, in your truck. It's mandatory. You must contend for the power and the presence of the Lord. Because the presence of the Lord there brings healing. David in the Old Testament, he brings the, he brings the ark. He brings the ark to, uh, to Obed-Edom's house. Thank you, Pastor. He brings the ark to Obed-Edom's house. Thank you, Pastor Chris. He brings it to his house. What happens to Obed-Edom? I got sunshine on a cloudy day. I've preached it many times before. When it's cold outside, I got the month of May. My God. Okay, so that's what happens. I don't think he's saying like that, but th that's what happens. That's what happens when God's presence comes to his house. Like, everything's awesome. His, he's not bickering with his wife anymore, and his kids are like, all of a sudden, teenagers are obeying him. And, 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 and I mean, it's just amazing. All around his house, his crops flourish. I mean, he's just super blessed for a three-month period of time. When David hears about it, he's like, I knew it. And he runs and he gets the, the ark and he brings it back. And there's, there's so much there. But the power and the presence of God brings healing, rejuvenation, restoration, God's presence, the power of the Lord. Would you imagine for a moment if God's power and presence flooded this place in a way that we've never experienced before? You know, in that text when David is bringing the ark, before it goes to Obed-Edom's house, it's at Abinadab's house for 20 years. But you don't hear about Abinadab getting blessed, sunshine on a cloudy day. He's not singing that song. He doesn't, that doesn't happen for him. Why did it happen 
for Obed-Edom, who, by the way, if you track him after that, after he's released of his responsibility and watching the ark for 90 days, you see Obed-Edom leaves everything. He's like, honey, I love you. I'm going into missions. And he heads off with the ark, and he goes to Jerusalem. And then you see Obed-Edom. When he was a doorkeeper, he's, he's over here. He's around the temple. He, he, what, what happened, Obed? How come you're not a farmer anymore? Oh, I got touched by God, man. That's what happened. I, I'm getting as close to this thing as I can. I might not be a priest, but did I, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Just let me help. Oh, God, let me any place closer to the presence of God. And yet we have God's presence and power because of the blood right here. You don't have to go looking for a box in Jerusalem. Come on, somebody say, hey, pray, amen. You don't have to go to some faraway land to find his presence. He's as near as the words in your mouth. All you have to do is believe and receive the temple curtain that separated the holy place. From the most holy place was torn in two, signifying that the Holy Spirit no longer lives inside a temple made by human hands, but comes to live inside of your heart and mind. And you and I can boldly come before Him because of the blood He passed through. The real tabernacle, the one that's in heaven, Hebrews talks about that. The presence of God, Obed-Edom. Go look. Go, do, go, go get out a, a concordance and look at Obed-Edom. I can't spell too much, but it sounds just like that. And just look for his name, Old Testament, and you'll see that after it leaves, he goes with them. And then he's, I think he's a doorkeeper, and then he's listed among the servants at the temple. Why is that? He touched me. Oh, he touched me. No, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me. He touched me. Hey, he touched me and made me whole. The power of God, the presence of God will heal you. Will heal you and set you free. Why didn't Obed-Edom, uh, why didn't why, Abinadab, why didn't Abinadab get it? Well, it's the same reason his two sons got blasted. Actually, just one, Uzzah. What a perfect name. <laughs> They're carrying the ark, and one of Abinadab's sons reaches out and touches the microphone. I said that on purpose, not that this is the... But that's why I don't let kids play on my alt on the altar. Don't, I don't want to let kids run up and down. We don't have tiddlywinks up front, you know, unless it's a game night with kids or something. We don't do that. You can do that in your seat, but don't come up here and push each other, shove each other, keep your children off the stairs. Don't let them touch the pulpit. Why? Because I don't want them to get like Uzzah. A familiarity with the things of God. A familiarity, well, you know, it's just church, you know. I preached in Anchorage, uh, in Anchorage, not Anchorage, in, uh, it starts with an A, Antioch, thank you. I preached in Antioch, and when I was, <laughs> when I finished, there was a young kid, you know, he's probably 12 or 13, real, you know, spicy young boy, and um, God moved in power, and there was still that lingering presence throughout the whole place. 
I made myself my way back to the green room, and he was somehow right outside the green room with his little brother. I hope he's listening. I, I rebuked him then, but I'll just rebuke him again. And he's like, wow, come on, pastor. And he did with, ah, too slow, down low. I said, you'll never catch me doing that again. So he went to high five me. Stupid. You know, he didn't say stupid, but that's what he meant. Let me diss the man of God. And he, I, I, it's one of the, I dislike that a lot. So high five, filled with joy. Wow, great pastor. Ah. I'm like, oh. I walked into the green room, and when I came back out, he said, hey, down low. I said, we'll never be doing that again. He's like, what? I said, oh, yeah, we'll never be doing that again because what you just did to me is disrespectful, and your mom has taught you better. Don't do it again. We won't do that again. He's like, brother Ben, what did he say to you? And I just kept going. Because, because familiarity with the presence of, listen, you don't, you don't mess with the presence of God. It's not about me and my ego. Well, there might be something tied up there. I don't know. Who's to tell me? Yeah, I don't think a Bible should sit on your toilet tank. Or your bidet. For the French people that are here. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think a Bible should like be thrown on the ground. Yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think you should rip pages out of your Bible to roll yourself a fat one. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've seen that happen. A fat what? We're moving on. The honor of God's presence, honor of God's word. Honor of God's anointed servants. Honor of each other. We need to honor each other. But most of all, we need to honor God. And, and uh, Abinadab's son reached out to steady the ark. And power came out from the ark. And they split that old boy in half. And his entrails were smoking. There's a gut pile. He's dead. I mean, can you imagine? And David's upset. He's like... How come the ark of God come to me? Which should be a prayer for all of us. How can God's power come to my home, come to my family? How can I grow in God's presence and power more? And so then David says, Obed-Edom, the box is going to your house. I mean, what do you say to the king? Oh, great. Yes, sir. And I'm sure they had a family meeting that night. I'm kind of getting on the message. I've preached so many times before. I know you kids aren't used to listening to me, but I want to bring you out and show you Uncle Uzzah's guts because they're sizzling right there. I want you to show you. Come on, come on, Ollie. Let's go take a little hike. Let me show you. Still smoking. See the smoke? That's Uzzah. Your cousin, he's dead because he touched that box. It's now in the house. I know you're not used to listening to me, not used to listening to your mother, but I would highly advise that you don't touch the box. Come on, somebody say the power of the presence of God. All right, verse 17, the power of the Lord. This is the text that we read. We'll get into it here for just a bit. And then we're going to invite God's presence to come to another level. And if you haven't been healed, you'll be healed tonight. Amen? Verse 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. 
the key understanding of the ministry of Jesus, the key understanding of the acts of the apostles, the key understanding of supernatural power in God's word is the power and presence of the Lord. That's key. It's the anointing. Acts 10, you can look at it if you want to. Acts 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were sick and under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus was a man, fully man, fully God, empowered, imbibed, filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God. The Holy Spirit and the power of God is the same thing. And when he showed up, people got healed. Can you imagine if you were so full of God's presence? John Cartwright, circuit-riding preacher, I was, when I was piping off a little bit ago, I mentioned his name. I think he was a, a circuit-riding preacher in the Methodist. Cane Ridge River Revival in Kentucky. How many of you know where that is? There's been a reopening of some revival there in Kentucky even now. But when he went to that place, he would ride in on horseback, and then he would just show up. He would pray for many, many hours, and he would show up like at a square dance or some dance, there's some stories. He showed up at a dance, and he went out to the middle. You know, he's an unusual guy. St I think he was six foot three. Stood in the middle of the dance floor while everybody's dancing and just raised his hands to heaven and said, Oh, God! And the power of God fell at this dance. This is history. This is American history. May we not go down as a people who hide in our houses and are afraid of a germ. I'm just saying, this is American history. And when he cried out to God, the body, the, the, the bodies at the floor, the, the body, they, just they just began to drop. Hopefully that's okay. Amen. Praise God. We all right? Good. Anybody's going to curse me. I'm not endorsing that song, but I'm just saying. Thud, 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 thud. They began to drop everywhere. Man, you should see what I'm looking at. You guys are freaked out now. He cries out, Jesus! You know, he cried out, oh, God. And people began to fall out over the, all over the place. And he had meetings where God began to break out with power. Where, where is that? We'd be hard-pressed to get people to share their faith with somebody in Fred Myers. Now, I know not here and not you, but in some places. New Testament, there's an emphasis of the power and the presence of the Lord. Let me give you some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Many across this land don't even acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't even know about the power of the Holy Spirit. I might have some of my new friends that are online, but I would say to them personally and directly, I didn't get the opportunity but at the end of my conference that I was at, with this church planning conference, it was amazing. I learned so much and found out, you know, the more you know, the more you learn, the more you find out, you don't know much. The more you grow in your education and knowledge, the more you realize you don't know very much. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I was so blessed to glean, and even as one of the old guys, apparently, what was going on there. But at the end, I realized there really wasn't a lot 
And these are folks that, that believe the way we do, believe in tongues, believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, believe in signs, wonders, miracles. It's a tremendous group of young preachers and some older guys, I guess, like me. But there wasn't much talk about that as an aspect of church planning. So at the end, they said, write down any question you want. I'm, by nature, a troublemaker. So my question on my three-by-five card is, how do you grow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and how do you flow in miracle signs and wonders in your services? And so I then met somebody on the way out, and they actually got my card. Pastor Josh told me the story because I didn't get to hear the answer. But the answer, as they got the card, they read it, and they said, well, um, you know, how do you, how do you flow in the anointing, signs, wonders, miracles, grow in the anointing? How do you do that? And uh, they said, um, yeah, that comes out of a personal relationship with the Lord. Let's move on to the next question. What an inept answer which is one of the reasons I'm preaching on the gifts at 1230 every day, Monday through Saturday, and just started it so you can jump on and catch that. It's like 20 minutes shot of, of the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit because that's, what, that's, what they did. that's why they did what they did. How did they turn the known world upside down? It wasn't through their great web page. It wasn't through some amazing tweet that they put out. It wasn't through new leadership book that they came up with. It was the fire of the Lama Shanda Halakalaya. It was the fire of the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians twelve. Are you guys okay? I think it's my new pulpit or something. It's just all shiny and tinted. It's great to be home. That was a left-hand slap. I have to be careful to slap in the middle because I broke the other one. And uh, you don't want to abuse. Okay. You know, I don't think I finished the, did, I, did the Uzzah thing, did that get through to you with your kids that they don't play up here? Honor God's word. Did, I get, did you get that? Please. All right? Because you don't want to have problems. A familiarity with the things of God breeds contempt. Familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. Don't ever get settled. Well, yeah, no, God's in the, always stay hungry, always stay desperate. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, now I got to hurry up. It's 826, and Pastor Karen said I can't preach long tonight. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 9, the Apostle Paul says that healing is a gift of the Spirit or a manifestation of the Spirit. Gifts of healing. I'll talk about that in the coming days. But it's a part of the gifts of the Spirit. What made the Apostle Paul, answer this question, what made the Apostle Paul so dynamic that he reached the known world? How did he do that? How did he do it? Is it knowledge? Of course. Yes. Yes. He had knowledge. He was trained by Gamil. I mean, like, amazingly trained. Amazing grasp of Scripture. The presence of the Lord and the anointing as well, though. I've known people that are so spiritual they become fruitcakes because they don't have actually the precept upon precept to ground them. They're so, they're, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. They just run around herking and jerking with no real power, no character, no, no, no integrity. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about character, integrity, and the fire. Both. You, all of them. All three. There's three. 
Romans 15, 19, turn there, please. Can you jump on the keys? I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable, so I need some help. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, plus it, it signals that the wheels are coming down for the service, and it's not really true, but it does for some people feel comfortable that I'm not going to preach longer. There's really no telling what will happen. It's Holy Ghost time. Are you all there? Romans 15, 19. Romans 15, 19. It describes really the basis of Paul's ministry. In fact, take it from verse 18. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. Verse 19. By the power of signs and miracles. Through the power of the Spirit. So how did the Apostle Paul do church planting? I don't see anything about, I don't see anything about all the stuff I just learned, and I think the stuff I just learned is awesome. But he doesn't say anything about that. He doesn't say anything about a discovery track, and I'm all for it. He doesn't say anything about life groups. They had them, they just didn't call them that. That's what church was. It was at home. He doesn't say anything but by the power of signs, and I'm going to, I'm not going to brag or speak about anything except what Jesus has done, what Christ has done through me, through leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. So from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Fully proclaimed. I think you can half proclaim the fullness of the gospel. Without signs, wonders, and miracles, there's no fullness. Are you saying that we could get healed right now? Oh, yeah, I'm saying you get healed right now and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But, you know, you'll have things. There's, there's things that can happen that can be offenses. Okay, COVID-19 was offensive to me. What do you mean? For the love of God. How did that foul thing come over the bloodline in my house? I do not know. But God is still the healer. I don't know, but that's where my faith is. No cancer ain't coming into my house. COVID-19 is not coming in. I don't know, maybe. You know, part of God working it for good is I don't have to get an immunization. I'm not going to get an immunization. I already got it. What if it mutates? What if it, oh, Jesus. What if the sun doesn't rise and you die and go to hell? What about that? <laughs> Pastor Gil told me to say that. That's Pastor Gil. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. How did it come across the bloodline? Do you understand what I mean by that? I am supernaturally protected. I have divine health and healing. And yet I got COVID-19. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I have another testimony. Maybe it's the simplicity of my, of my, the way that my mind is. You can put your hands down if you want to. But you can also leave them up if you want to. It's all up to you. It's like wearing a mask. You want to wear a mask? Go ahead. You don't want to wear one? Fine. Okay. 
what was I saying before I interrupted myself with that wisecrack? The blood. I don't know how it came across. I don't. But in the simplicity of my thinking, I don't understand a lot. But I know what God's word says. And I've seen too much already. And I will not be argued out of the power of God because it's too late for this white boy right here. It's just too late because I was dead and he raised me up. I was broken. I was addicted. I was afflicted. I had no hope. I had no hope. I had been left for, I had nothing. I lost it all just about. My, my kidneys had problems. They told me I'd done irreparable damage. And yet here I am. I was lost. And now I'm found. And what all the secular teaching and instruction and therapy and psychology and therapists and long-term rehabs, short-term rehabs, mental hospitals. All the things that Pastor Karen's been through. <laughs> Give them praise, Pastor Karen. Come on. And yet I stand here and she's sitting here in her right mind. Come on, somebody say amen. So I don't understand it all. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's an old expression. You know what that means? The baby's good. But they need to be washed. And when you wash them, the water is dirty. So by all means, toss the water. Hold the baby. Healing, forgiveness, miracles, signs, wonders are for right now, how come everybody doesn't get healed? I don't know. Why do you mouth off so much? Last time I prayed for my auntie, she didn't get it. Well, I don't know. How come you got COVID? I don't know. I don't have it now. You know, I had three different prophets. How am I going to land this thing? I had three different prophets call me. Unrelated, they don't know each other from different parts of the nation to tell me this in the midst of that. And by the way, I launched a massive offensive of prayer. And I, over the whole church and, and over my own life, I mean, I called everybody I know that prays. It's interesting when you hit hard times. And please, if I didn't call you, I, I meant to, all right? When you hit a hard time, it's interesting who comes to mind about who prays. You know, people that have power, people that have authority, and people that maybe don't. And I, I just caused, I called the ones I think I was supposed to because they came to mind, and my mind wasn't working too good. And I had a headache, and I felt like I was things trying to kill me. I had three different prophets call me from different places in the country to say this. We're praying for you. We're, we are agreeing for you and for your church. You're going to be healed. But the Lord wants you to know it's just not COVID-19. It's witchcraft also. Three times. So I'm going to punch witchcraft in the face on Sunday morning. Already, already did, but I'm going to teach you to. I'm going to teach and preach you on Sunday morning on the, on the spiritual warfare series 
on witchcraft on Sunday morning. Going to just bring it. It'll be like conference deep level. We'll try to go from the shallow end to the deep end of the pool on witchcraft. Invite everybody you know. Let's pack the place out. We'll pull out extra chairs. And uh, if you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you don't want to wear one, that's fine. And we'll preach on witchcraft. Because I'm going to tell you, what we're doing is trying to pierce through the darkness of this community. And signs, wonders, and miracles is paramount to do it. So don't you let the devil get you down. Come on, God can pour out his spirit. The presence, the power of the Lord was there to heal. Lift your hands all across this place. Come on, begin to talk to God. Hey, Daniel, can you jump on the keys for me? And then uh, just uh, you jump on the drums, would you? Just keys, thanks. Come on, lift your hands. Holy Ghost. Release your power now. All across this place, let your power come now. If you need healing in your physical body, you're at home, you're here, standing right where you are. You need a miracle right now. You need a miracle right now. Just stand. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we pray over every single person here, emotional healing, physical healing, sickness, any disease, infirmity, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Jesus. I see the power of God on you, David. I see the power of God on you. He did a great miracle for you. But he's not done. Three, two, power. Be made whole. Oh, Jesus is right. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Pastors and ministers, let's go pray for these. The ones that are standing, quickly move throughout the congregation in the name of Jesus. We speak the word of healing. We proclaim healing. We proclaim the blessing of God. The healing power of God now. From the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. In the name of Jesus. 
Release your power. New level, new mantle, new anointing. In the name of Jesus. Fire! In the name of Jesus. Do it. Do it. That thing's leaving right now. It's going right now. It's leaving right now. Come on, partner. Let your faith soar right now. In Jesus' name. Healing. It's a children's bread. Coming in right. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Touch. Jesus' name. Right down your back. Right down your spine. In Jesus' name. All the residuals of that thing. In the name of the Lord, we command you to go. By the authority of the name of Jesus, right now. Be healed. In Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. Right there. Boom. More. Fire. Fire. The whole thing goes. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, touch right now. taking you by the hand and he's leading you and there's some turns that are in the road and you, you really need some breakthrough you need some wisdom the Lord is taking you by the hand I see him supernaturally leading you and over the next 40 days as you respond as you just go deep in him as you journal I see you writing I see you uh, I see you writing things things that the Lord says and things that you say to him and over the next 40 days as you press in as you press in, you will find yourself on the other side of this mountain. You'll find yourself on the other side of the mountain. There's been many things that have been opposing you. There's been many fiery arrows that have been fired at you, fired at your faith, fired at your family. You would have despaired and even given up hope, but God has set his love in your heart in such a way that you just, you can't deny it. Like I was saying, I got COVID-19, and now, now, now I don't have it. I don't understand why that happened. And there's many things that you don't understand as well. But as you walk out, these, this next 40 day, you're in the middle of a 40-day miracle. Press in, you'll find yourself on the other side with fresh understanding about some of it. And other things you won't understand. But the Lord is good, and he's taking you by the hand, and he's leading you on. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I never would have made it. Never would have made it, no, I never would have made it, no, I wouldn't have made it if he hadn't taken me by the hand, if he hadn't healed me and set me free. Never would have made it, never would have made it, never would have made it. Did you get something from God today? Let the Holy Spirit touch you, fill you, and just stand upon your feet all across this place. Never would have made it.
I have fully proclaimed the gospel. God, anoint us. Put your spirit on us. In the closing 60 seconds, I'm going to give you four things from the text that show that it had to increase in God's presence. Prayer, number one. Everybody say prayer. Abiding in him. Praying. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to your Lord my soul to keep us not getting it in this hour. You need a prayer life. Verse 15 and 16. Faith's got to be present. Read the word. Feed on God's faithfulness. Feed on miracles like I shared with you. Maria Woodsworth Etter, another one. Feed on God's miracle power. Let it be a part of your life. Talk about it. And then have your own stories. What has God, do you remember the time when we couldn't make it and then Sheck showed up? Do you remember the time? Do you remember that time when you laid hands on him? And, oh, and then, oh, ah, oh, oh. Come on, God did it before. He can do it again. Come on, someone say he's the same. He's the same. Faith. Work, exercise your faith. Be forgiven. And, and, and be obedient. Worship. Come on, someone say worship. Worship has been one of the greatest tools. For me, it is one of the main tools of breaking through. I don't really like to sing. I had somebody say to me, you know, I love our church, but after the music. I come after the music. I go, well, you know, you should really, like, come, like, and it's not so much, it's not so much like, oh, they don't like the worship leader. It's just he doesn't like music. They hate heaven. And I just tried to help him say, no, you, you, you know, start, start listening to some stuff in your car. And, and start trying to sing. Come on, some of you, make a joyful noise. Sing, be a worshiper. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. Don't leave this place in that condition. Those online, those here, want to give your heart to Jesus first time, make a recommitment, or you just don't want to be sure. If that's you, you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment, or you just want to be sure, on the count of three, all across this place, those online, those in the parking lot, those at home, you say, that's me. On the count of three, would you slip your hand up? One, two, three. Go ahead. Lift your hand. God bless you. 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 Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Uh, the man with the cool haircut. What's up? That's you, the bald guy. That's why he's such a cool guy. Hey, what's up? Uh... You know, just real practically, I'm going to lead everybody in this prayer, but just real practically, prophetic. God God shows me stuff, uh, and then I just share it. And then what you do is you just take it and go, like, really? And it'll, in your heart, in your heart be like, dude, I knew that. I knew that. You're a very, very hard worker. But there's been like a holding back and almost like a robbery. Amen. A robbery over the resources that have been promised to you. And it's almost like you've been handcuffed and held back. The Lord is breaking those cuffs and he's bringing you to a brand new place. You might not understand it all, but in your heart, you know it's a brand new beginning. It's a new start. To do the same thing the same way and expect, amen, and expect a different result is a definition of insanity. So he's going to give you some new ways to do some things. And as you live that out, you're going to see the greatest days and years of your life just ahead. You receive that? You believe it? Amen. I do too. If you prayed that, if you raised your hand or you didn't and you know you need to be included in this prayer, just pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. 
and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lift your hands as you surrender to God tonight. I pray in Jesus' name a blessing upon your people. That we would be carriers of your presence everywhere we go. Because you live on the inside of I pray the baptism and the fire of the Holy Ghost inside your people right now. Upon your people right now. Be filled. Be strengthened with might. Be healed. Be loosed. Be delivered to fulfill all of God's purpose. That by signs and wonders and miracles we would proclaim the good news of Jesus. Not a dead Christianity. A living, breathing, miracle-displaying anointing. How God anointed the people of kings to go about doing good and healing the sick and all that were oppressed of the devil. Because God is with us. So bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. We curse COVID-19. And we pray for every person that's afflicted by that foul thing in the name of Jesus to be healed. For all of our frontline workers to be protected. We plead the blood. Come on, just for a moment longer. We plead the blood over our homes and over our church and over our nation. Overthrow this assignment of darkness. This Trojan horse is trying to move in to our nation. Overthrow it, I pray. Reveal wickedness. Reveal foul play and dishonesty. Cause the truth to prevail in America in the name of Jesus. And use us, God, to bring a great revival in the name of amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you Friday night. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.